Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to just share for a little bit. You know, I believe our service has been led by the Holy Ghost today. So everything that's taken place, I believe, was led by the Holy Ghost. Don't you? And so, but I'm going to share for just a few minutes. I'm not going to take long today uh, because we need to do some other things. But uh, this is important. We've been talking about uh, the subject of uh, undisturbed peace and how God wants our peace undisturbed. Amen. And so this morning, we're going to, you know, number two, uh, this, I don't know if we're going on past this or not. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, what I want to talk about this morning, just for a few moments here, is what are you fellowshipping with? And I want to look at the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. The Bible says, God is faithful. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. By whom you were called unto or into, some translations say, the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we have a, we have a calling, and our calling is fellowship. Amen. 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 We have a commission. Our commission is the Great Commission, but our calling is fellowship. And I want to ask you this morning, what are you fellowshipping with? I was driving to church a couple Wednesday nights ago. Wasn't Wednesday night service powerful? I said, wasn't it powerful? Now, I tell you what, uh, Brother James knocked it out of the park. He was wound. <laughs> That's why I said, if he ever gets on fire for Jesus, we'll have him back, right? Which means he should be here this morning. Praise the Lord, because he's on fire. But anyway, it was good. But anyway, what I wanted to, what, what I was saying was I was on my way to church about two weeks ago on Wednesday night. And, you know, I'm driving down Burkhart Road, you know, and, uh, and, and I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm ticked off. And I'm thinking about something that I had been meditating on from the news. And pretty much today, all you got to do is say the word news, and I'm mad. And so, and it was like the Lord said to me, He said, why are you letting these people in your life? Why are you doing this? Are they blessing you? I'm adding this. But are they blessing me? Are they making my life sweeter? Phyllis can always tell when, I, when she comes home if I've had too much news that day. She'll go like, calm, chill, calm. And I, I just thought about it. I thought about that. I thought about that instant because it marked me because here I am going to the house of the... Riley, I'm sorry. I, hi, how are you? Pastor Carter was here, uh, you know, uh, Wednesday night, and I was talking to Sarita like he wasn't even here. And I was like, <laughs> I told him, I said, I didn't even see you, brother. Amen. He needs to get a little big, bigger, doesn't he? Yeah. Amen. Anyway, Pastor Carter, you're watching. We love you. But I, I didn't even see you. I'm like, I remember when I was preaching with your husband, Sarita, and well, her husband sat right beside her. Like, <laughs> I said, uh, when I saw him, you know, he came up for the offering. I said, hey, uh, w- when did you get here? Did you, was you a little late? And he, no, I've been here all the time. I was sitting on the end right there. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> little. All right, just, just pray for your pastor. He's not the most observant pastor you've ever had, all right? But anyway, Riley, good to see you. Anyway, my point was I, I, I got to thinking about that, and I thought about that. I thought, wait a minute here. 
you know, I'm letting stuff in my life that's robbing me of my peace. I'm fellowshipping with the wrong thing. See, I'm spending time with the wrong thing. And when you do that, then what happens is, you know, things that begin to happen in your life are not good. They're not good. And so you know, we're, we're called. Everybody say called. Notice this. You were called unto fellowship. What's that mean? We're supposed to spend time with the Lord. We're supposed to fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, I love, I love the Amplified Bible, Psalm 25. It calls it the, the sweet, listen to this, the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord. If you want sweetness in your life, spend time with the Lord. Because that's sweet. Hallelujah. That's sweet. Uh, then John, John, the Apostle John, he said that when we fellowship with the Lord, we, our joy is made full. Our joy is made full. Hallelujah. Romans tells us that, listen, Romans, the book of Romans tells us that the kingdom of God, the kingdom, everybody say the kingdom, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So our, our kingdom, the kingdom we're in, our lives, how I many you know the Bible says that the kingdom of God's within us? Our lives should be lives of righteousness, peace, and joy. Right? That doesn't mean we never have any challenges or any interruptions. You know, if you've got kids, you know that this, there's not always peace in the natural. But you can have peace inside. Right? Even when things are in turmoil on the outside, you can have peace on the inside. Because you have something called righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, uh, let's look at 2 Peter. Like I said, I'm just going to go just a few minutes, so, so cheer up and, and get on board with me. Because if you're going to drag your feet, then, you know, I'll, I'll try to preach until you're fired up. And so that might take a long time. So you better hurry up and get on board, amen? So 2 Peter, let's go there. I want to show you something. See, I'm just talking about what are you fellowshipping with? Well, you've got to ask yourself, what am I spending time with? What am I spending time thinking about? And I just begin to realize, you know, I don't really need to know everything that's going on. Now, that doesn't mean I need to be a total imbecile and don't know anything, but I don't need to know all that. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to meditate on that. Amen. You know, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. Well, yeah, but I need to know how to pray. You should be praying anyway. I mean, you should be praying for your nation anyway. Sure. Yep. I'm not suggesting you should be so dumb you don't even know who's the president. Like college kids. Well, that one over big. I didn't, no offense, but uh, really, seriously, no. No, no, really, 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 really. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not making this up. Come on. Come on, y'all. I'm not making this up. I'm going to tell you the truth now. See, college doesn't mean you learned anything. It just means you, you spent some money. See, see, because really, this news organization went out on the street, and they were, they, they were talking to people that were studying political science. And they were asking them, who is the Secretary of State? And they were naming people that I readily knew who they were. I mean, I knew who they were. And these college kids, I don't know. Who is that? One of them didn't even know who the vice president was. I'm not suggesting you have to be that dumb, but you don't need to know everything. How many know that? 
You don't need to know about every news article, everything, you know, it, it, because today, we, you know, I remember, and I'm old enough to remember this, that when, you know, we, we didn't have news like this. It wasn't available. I remember in the 1980s when <clears throat> CNN uh, was the first news organization that came out with 24-hour news. We just thought this is wonderful. Now I look back and think, what a curse. Right? Because, you know, they'll find, every, they'll find every disgruntled person they can find and just magnify it, you know. And really the truth of the matter is, is the news is, is like a soap opera. It's overplayed. Anybody ever watch a soap opera? Come on, anybody ever watch a soap opera? Uh, come on. How many, ever, how many still watch soap operas? Ain't nobody got the guts to raise their hand. <laughs> we'll have you up there and cast that devil out of you right now. Have me know that, that you don't really know people like that. Now, see, I used to see him because my cousin, uh, he was a big guy. In, I don't know why, but he was a big guy into soap operas, you know. And uh, I, we worked together for a while at a carpet store. And, uh, you know, if they're... His day consisted of if a customer came in, of course he took care of them and took care of the orders. But if there's no customers, you know that was all he did. You know that's you know he he waited on customers, sold carpet, sold top flooring, you know, so and all that. Well, I did other stuff. You know, I, I sometimes sold stuff, but I went out, you know, and and did stuff outside of the store, you know, with customers stuff. And so I was just part time. He was full time. I had another job. Anyway, but I, but I took this part-time to earn some more money. But my, my cousin would sit there all day long and drink big slurps from the convenience store next door and watch soap operas. And so you couldn't help but see some of this stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't know people like this. And if I did, I wouldn't know them very long. I wouldn't want to know them. So, and that's kind of the way the news media is. It's like a soap opera that blows things up. Now, some things are true. Don't misunderstand me. But guess, guess what? That doesn't bring you peace. We don't need to fellowship with that. We need to fellowship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Look at Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. The Bible says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through, or sometimes they say, in the knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord. So grace, God's knowledge is the only knowledge that actually brings grace and peace. The rest of it can disturb your peace. And as I was driving to church that Wednesday night, my peace was disturbed. I don't even remember what it was about. But I just remember there was, uh, I had read something on, on a news article and it irritated me and I was I was still thinking about it. And I'm thinking, I don't need to know that. I didn't need that in my head. Why did I even mess with that? <laughs> Why is this so quiet? <laughs> you know, listen, psalmist said this. The psalmist said, great peace have they that love your law. We would say your word. Great peace. How many of we need to fall in love with the word of God? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Instead of watching the 24-hour news, how about watch the 24-hour Bible? Amen. How, how about spending time with God? 
I'm not saying you can't have any news. I'm just saying, or, or, you know, I'm just saying that kind of knowledge doesn't bring peace in your life. It just doesn't. It, it disturbs your peace. Now, there's a scripture. Let's go here. Uh, come on, do you get something now? All right, we're going fast. We're just we're not spending time on these scriptures. We're gonna we're gonna have communion here in just a little bit, and then the youth's gonna serve us lunch. Let's go to Deuteronomy 22. Go there, Deuteronomy 22. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go much longer. Deuteronomy 22. Go there. This may be the shortest message in history of Oasis Church. First sermon I ever preached was 45 minutes. Next one was an hour and a half. One of the deacons told me after the service, I think 45 minutes is probably good enough. <laughs> and on your second sermon, it was probably more than good enough. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I learned from that. You know, I thought, well, okay. You don't have to tell them everything all at once. You can save some for next week. Now, Deuteronomy 22, go, verse, go with me to verse 9. Deuteronomy 22, verse 9, the Bible says, You shall not sow your vineyard with different seeds, lest the fruit of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. Notice what he's saying here. He's saying, and this is, this is the natural, but let's apply this spiritually. <clears throat> if, we keep, if we sow too much different seed in our vineyard, which is our lives, our spiritual lives, it says there's going to be a defilement, a defilement. In other words, it's going to ruin your vineyard. You have to choose what you're going to spend time with every day, every day. It's a choice. Now, if you don't have peace, I can promise you, listen now, listen to me, I can promise you it's not your circumstances. It's what you're spending time thinking about. Somehow people think that, you know, that, it, it, you know, the, I, I don't know why this is, but I know as a pastor, when I hear other pastors are having some of the same issues I'm having, I get happy. Maybe you don't understand that. Phyllis, she doesn't understand that. She's like, well, that's sick. <laughs> but it's like, praise God, I'm not alone. Amen. You know, I'll talk to other pastors, but man, this is going wrong. This is happening. This is happening. Well, thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm glad you're having those problems because it lets me know there's nothing wrong with me. Right? So, but you have those people that think I'm the only one that has these problems. You know, I'm the only one that has these issues. I'm the only one that has problems. No, everybody has their own deal. Right? Everybody, all of us do. All of us do. You do. I do. We all do. So if we're going to wait till all of our ducks get in line to have peace, we're never going to have peace. God's give us, remember we read the scripture, Jesus said, I give you my peace. Not as the world gives. Right? right? So we have, we have a supernatural peace that the Bible says in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of Philippians passes all understanding. In other words, you can have peace when does it make sense to have peace. Now that doesn't mean that everything in the natural is you know, going smooth and you have peace in the natural, sometimes things can be turmoil in the natural, but God, God will work that out. But you know, it's what comes out of you that changes what's, on, what's going on in your life. You know, faith changes you on the inside first. For it ever changes your circumstances. It gives you peace and joy. Hallelujah. You can have peace when you don't even see the, when you don't see the promise yet. 
Amen? Matter of fact, you need to have peace before you see the promise because that's proof you really believe the promise. Amen? You know, when God gave Abraham the promise, he was going to have a son. And he's a hundred, you know, he's in, he's in his 90s. He still didn't have a son. He's in his 90s. He's a hundred before it happened. A hundred. I mean, by that time, I would have told God, can we, hey, find somebody else. I'm a hundred. But God, God kept his word now, didn't he? And he fixed, and it wasn't, it was like a one-time fix for Abraham either. If you read the Bible, someone was preaching, was it you, Pastor? Somebody, I don't remember who it was. Somebody was preaching one night and they said, I, I read on through Genesis and found out Abraham had like five or six more kids. See, Sarah died and Abraham got remarried. <laughs> now he was, I don't remember what he was, but he was like, you know, uh, 120-some years old and got remarried. What's wrong with this guy? How many 120-year-olds do you know that get remarried? How many 120-year-olds do you know? How many 100-year-olds do you know that get remarried? I know some 80-some-year-olds that get remarried. We'll leave it at that. Praise God. Well, I, I was happy, you know, when that one 80-some-year-old got married. I thought, man, she's still living life. Praise God. Go, girl. Amen. But let me know, usually when you get a little older, you don't get remarried, right? What's Kenny laughing about? He must have thought of something he, he did before the flood. Noah's flood. How many understand that God did something to Abraham that revitalized this man's life? The Bible said his body was now dead, as good as dead. Sarah's womb is dead. And God did something so powerful that Abraham got remarried after Sarah died and had five or six more kids. Wow. Don't tell me God can't put some stuff in you. Amen. But what is it now? See, the Bible says this now. It says that we're not to look at things that are sane, but things that are not sane, because the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We're to look at the eternal things, see. Amen. So you've got to know this. If you follow uh, the news or other things more than you do your Bible, you're, not, you're going to lack in peace, because the world doesn't have peace to give you. It's not there. You know, just for instance, like just say for instance, you know, you know, it, let's just say the elections would turn out exactly like what you want them to turn out. Did you know that's not real peace that you're feeling? That's relief. It is. Because, listen, that's all going to change. You, you know how many different presidents we've had since I've been alive? And some were good, some were bad. I never understood the American people. Why you elect a good one and then you elect a bad one? I'm thinking, don't you have enough sense to figure this out? Amen. But anyway, let's go to one last scripture. Hebrews chapter 12. This is a little different this morning. I hope you got something. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, because I'm just talking about you got you to watch what you're fellowshipping with. What are you allowing? Now, when we talk about fellowship, what's going on in your mind? See, you're fellowshipping what's going on in your mind. What are you thinking about? What are you allowing yourself to think about? The Bible tells us we're to, speak, we're to think on good things, things that are worthy of praise. Right? 
The Bible tells us what we're to think on. It says we're to set our mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Because the earth, it doesn't have the answer. It doesn't have peace, but God has, God's kingdom has peace. Hebrews tells us this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience to race that set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, or put your focus on him, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds, or you get discouraged and give up. Notice it tells us that there's some things that if we're going to run this race, we have to lay aside. We have to lay them aside. See, there are some things that are not profitable for your race. What happened to me that one Wednesday night, like two weeks ago, that was not profiting my race. That needed to be laid aside. In other words, I needed to stop fellowshipping with that stuff in my mind and stop looking at it. Hey, everybody, I needed to stop. Because what? Well, you know, when you're going to... See, he, he compares running this Christian life like running a race, you know. And, and when you're running a race, I mean, you don't come out there with, you know, a heavy overcoat on. You don't come out there with big boots on. You get rid of the weight. And... and uh, you, you, you look to, listen, it says looking unto Jesus. You don't look, when you're running a race, you don't look at all the people. You fall down. Every time I've ran a race, you know, I, I know like half marathon. I've never done a full marathon. probably never will. I don't even know if I ever do a, a, a half mile again. But anyway. <laughs> but, you know. Every time, every time, one of the things that, that, that's exciting is when you see the finish line. You know it's almost over with, see? Jesus is our finish line. We're to look to Him, not to other people. Doesn't matter what they're doing. It's our race, right? You know, I remember running one one time, and, and it was like a race a church put on, you know. And there was a lot of people that just showed up. You know what I'm saying? They just showed up. They don't run. They, don't, they just showed up. Church putting on. We're, making, we're, we're raising money for, I don't remember what it was, for the church or something. And so, you know, they just show up. You know, they're not prepared. They're not ready. All that. You know what I'm saying? And so the granddaughters are running with me, two of them anyway. And so they're running with me, you know. And uh, so we're running. And I knew we'll never forget this. This just stuck, stuck out in my mind. We, we take off and people start passing us. And the girls start like, Grandpa, people are passing us. Well, see, what happened was these people are people that didn't realize that you got to go the whole way. Anybody can run real fast for a long time. And I even heard a guy, and this was one that stuck out in my mind. I heard a guy, I found like he was dying. He came up behind us. He was going, <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm making, making this up. He's, <laughs> he passed us. He passed us. That really freaked the girls out. It's like, that guy passed us. But you know what? I told him, I said, hey, just, just chill. We'll, we'll pass all these people back. We'll pass them all back. Why? Because they're amateurs. 
They got their eyes. They don't have their. They got their eyes on what other people are doing. They got. I'm. Gonna, I'm just going to pass you. Ooh, I see somebody. I'm going to pass them. I'm going to pass them. They're. They're not going to make it. And sure enough, as we ran along, even the guy that was about to die. I don't know that he actually died, but he was over at the side. We passed him standing still. And so you know, we just started passing all those people back because you know. We, as, as it went on, we just kept passing people and passing people, and we kept passing people. And then, you know, we, we finished the race. We finished pretty good, you know. And then the award ceremony comes out. They're going to give awards. I already know I'm not going to get an award. I already know that. But the girl said, well, let's go. I said, no, no, let's hang around. Let's hang around. Because, see, they do it by age group. And so in my granddaughter's age group, she got second place. But it's because we put our focus in the right place. Don't look at other people. Don't look at what they're doing. What they're doing may not work for your race. Amen. Keep your focus on Jesus. He's the finish line. He's the finish line. And so I want to close out by this. God may have you, if you're going to, if you're going to really fellowship with Him and, and and, and have peace in your life, you may have to lay some things aside. There may be some things you've got to get rid of. I was talking to, well, actually, I'll just, he, he won't mind me sharing this. I was talking to uh, Brother James, who was here Wednesday night. Do you notice how fired up he was Wednesday night? He was fired up. He told me, he said, I haven't, Watch the news for 30 days. I thought, well, it brought revival to your life, brother. 30 days. So, you know, all the time I was with him, I made sure I didn't talk about any news. I didn't talk about the news, man, because he doesn't know what's going on. But he said, I had to do that. Amen. Because it was getting to him. Amen. So what, it was robbing him of his peace. Well, it'll rob you of, if you don't fellowship with God, it'll rob you of your peace because I'll tell you, the world doesn't have any goodness. Listen, only the knowledge of God brings peace. The rest of it, it doesn't bring any peace. It doesn't bring any peace. And if you're one of those people that you've got to know everything, you're going to lack peace. But if you can just lay that aside, I'm not saying you have to quit watching the news. That's not the message this morning. The message is you can't, you gotta, you gotta lace that things. You do have to lay things aside that are robbing and robbing you of your 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 race or slowing your race down. Amen. Amen. You gotta lay things aside that are stealing that. Don't let it do it. A lot of people, the reason they don't have peace is because of what they have been thinking on and meditating on. If they just change. Well, Pastor Man, don't I have to know what's going on? Listen, listen. No. Believe me. If something major happens, somebody shall tell thee. Amen. Hallelujah. We got to lay it down. Not to, now, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying you got to quit watching the news. I'm, I'm just saying you have to determine what's robbing you of your peace and lay it down. 
lay it down. People will have things that go wrong with their body, something physical, and they will study everything they can find out about it. That may be a bad thing. You might not want to know some things. It might hinder your faith. Amen. I've pushed the issue to find out things before and thought, man, I wish I hadn't found that out. Now the devil's got a tool to try to use against my mind. And I, get, I put it in his hand. If I hadn't known that, I was just trusting and believing God. Amen. Sometimes we get things, information that we think will bless us, and it doesn't. It just robs us. But I'll tell you what, all the knowledge of God will bless you. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.